Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening for the Worldwide Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, our first event of the evening is a one-call match with a 15-minute time limit. There ain't nobody. There ain't nobody in wrestling who can make me quit. And that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold said so. Tuesday. We are what wrestling's all about. New York City here. Chicago here. Jamie on my left. Linda on my right. But I'm not telling any of the girls who I'm going to give it to in Chicago until that night. Tuesday, wrestling. Tuesday returns to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. It's Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN 1000, also the Under the Hood podcast. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. Don't forget to hit me up on Twitter, twitter.com, tweetjhood as well as on Instagram, IGJHood, Snapchat, SnapJHood. You see there's a theme here. And don't forget to download the Under the Hood podcast. Do you know that there's 11 ways in which you can download the Under the Hood podcast? 11 different ways. iTunes, Apple Music, you do it on Google+, on Stitcher, uh, on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com, and so many other ways. Just look for my name, Jonathan Hood. Look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, and you'll be able to be downloaded right into your device our podcasts, not just Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, but also my daily talk show I do on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Also, some rare audio that you might not have heard before. All part of the mix right here on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Okay, so this is a special mailbag edition of the Under the Hood podcast. I asked you guys on my Facebook wall, facebook.com, hey, I want you to send me some questions because my mailbag has been dry. It's dry. I have not had a lot of response as of late, so I ask you guys to send me some messages, some questions that you might have, right? And so I got a ton. You guys responded, and I appreciate it for sure for the questions. Now, some of them were sports. Some of them are non-sports, um, but... The ones I wanted to address was wrestling, obviously, because of you, the wrestling fan. That's why you're here. So let me get to the wrestling questions that are here on my Facebook wall. Let me scroll down and let me start here. Shane asked the question. He says, have you heard about the Dark Side of the Ring or the Vice Channel? It's on 271 on DirecTV. FYI, it's a really interesting look at stories from Bruiser Brody, from Gino Hernandez, and the Montreal Screwjob, amongst other stories. Yes, Shane, I have uh, heard about Dark Side of the Ring. As a matter of fact, I watched two episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. One of them was Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth, and the other one was that Montreal Screwjob. I thought they were... Very, very well done. I really enjoyed those documentaries. And the reason why is because, yes, I knew about a lot of the things as in those documentaries, but I just think that when you hear from Macho Man's brother, Lanny Poffo, when you hear about the other side of how Elizabeth was, his ex-wife, 
in her personality, how she wanted to get away from Macho Man Randy Savage. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. I, I would highly recommend Dark Side of the Ring uh, on DirecTV or on the Vice channel. It's very, very well done. Um, and as far as the Montreal Screwjob is concerned, uh, with the Montreal Screwjob, I thought that that was well done too. You know why? Because it was revealed that Jim Cornette... Goddamn, Jim Cornette! He was the one who suggested that Vince McMahon screw Bret Hart in Montreal for the Survivor Series, which was crazy, right? Crazy. Um, so <laughs> I, 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 I saw that, and I saw Jim's piece, and Jim, of course, hates Vince Russo, which is always something that's always apparent for Jim, and I think that the feeling is mutual. But I thought it was very interesting uh, that Jim Cornette put himself out there and said that he's the one who suggested to screw Brett. Brett screwed Brett? No, Jim Cornette apparently screwed Brett by telling Vince, well, uh, goddamn, why don't you just, uh, you know, screw him? You know, and just just call for the bell. Put You know, Sean puts Brett in the sharpshooter, and then you, know, you ring the bell. That was Jim Cornette. Can you believe that? Hope I didn't spoil that for anybody. But yeah, no, I enjoyed Dark Side of the Ring. I know that there's others that will be coming, so I'll be commenting on those as well. But Shane, yes, Dark Side of the Ring has been very, very interesting. Um, Trevor asked me this question. He says, Hammond Civic Center, Amphitheater, Pavilion, Horizon, and The Odium. Rank these five Chicago-ish wrestling venues from best to worst in your opinion. So, I was thinking about these. I've been to all five to see wrestling. I would say that my grandfather took me to the International Amphitheater, was on 43rd and Halstead, uh, many, many years ago, during the days of Dick the Bruiser and Wilbur Snyder and the, the Crusher and Nick Bockwinkle. That was in the 1970s. I, I just remember that uh, venue very, very well. I really enjoyed that. Um... The Hammond Civic Center is also a venue I've been to as well. Been there for a graduation. I've been there, uh, my goddaughter, I believe, uh, had a graduation, or maybe there was an event there at the Hammond Civic Center. So I've been there for that. I've also been there for wrestling as well. Um, it's a, I love that place because it's only 5,000 seats. It's tight. Um, when it gets loud, and again, I remember this as a kid, it used to get really loud at the... Um, at the Hammond Civic Center. Um, also, the Odium in Villa Park, good spot. So I would say Amphitheater, Civic Center, UIC Pavilion. I would say I think I've seen most of my wrestling at the UIC Pavilion, if you can believe that. Um, because I remember seeing Steamboat Flare there. I was eighth row with my high school buddies at the UIC Pavilion. So... Um, was there for a lot of NWA, WCW events, maybe a WWF event as well. So the pavilion, when it's loud and when it's full, it rocks. There's no, there's no question. Um, the Rosemont Horizon slash, of course, Allstate Arena is what they call it now. Um, I never really liked that venue. <laughs> I'll be honest. I never, I, and I understand that like when it gets loud because it's a wooden ceiling. There's wood in that ceiling to make the sound bounce off of um, the ceiling there. I know it can get loud. I've been there for concerts before. It's not my favorite place. And it's really, it takes a while to get out of that place because of the parking garage, the parking lot 
uh, at the um, Rosemont Horizon slash Allstate Arena. And uh, the Odium is also a great place. Saw ECW event in, in the Odium as well. So I think I would rank it that way. Something that's not on this list that maybe, Trevor, you haven't been to is the Cicero Stadium. I was there for an MLW event just recently. That place only holds, what, 1,500, something like that. But that place gets loud. And at Cicero Stadium in Cicero, Illinois, for those that have not been, for MLW fans, they're going to be back here in July. I'll be there for that event. Um, that's a great venue for wrestling. Uh, they had standing room only, and I think they had actually more than that the last time I was there. Uh, so that's going to be uh, that's going to be an interesting event. Um, I don't know if the fire marshal was there, but that place was full. You couldn't get anybody else in there when I was there just recently at the uh, Cicero Stadium. So very interesting there. All right, Trevor. Thanks so much uh, for your question. Tony says, can you please do more wrestling talk? Yes, <laughs> I'll do more wrestling talk. Uh, I'm always um, doing Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday when it's warranted. I, I don't know if I'll, as I mentioned before, it's something that I'm not going to do every week. Uh, I think that in the summer we might do um, something every Tuesday night at 930 um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, I do a, a, a lot more wrestling talk than anybody else in the, in the city of Chicago and maybe in places where you get your wrestling talk around the city. So yeah, I'll be glad to do more wrestling talk. Um, we interviewed Bobby Roode not too long ago, or I guess he's known as Robert Roode now. Yeah. So, so sure. Um, I'll be glad to be able to do more wrestling talk, especially as we get closer to the spring and into the summer. Uh, no problem there. Uh, Alan Montgomery says, when will Velveteen Dream debut? Um, when will Velveteen Dream debut? I guess he's asking, when will he debut on Raw or SmackDown? Well, Alan, I hope never. Because I'm such an NXT mark. And I love uh, NXT and what Triple H has done with that company. I said many times on interviews and in conversation that NXT is a territory with money, a lot of money, obviously, um, because it's under the umbrella of the WWE. Velveteen Dream could work for NXT for 10 years, and I've had no problem with it. Uh, I think it's very clear to people that really are watching the WWE product very closely that um, that once some of those NXT wrestlers come to SmackDown or Raw, it is a problem. It's a problem. It's not for everybody. But for some, they come over and they expect to have that same fanfare, that same belief that, hey, I went to NXT, I'm a veteran wrestler on the independents, and now I'm on Raw and SmackDown. And I'm sure some of the wrestlers really enjoy the platform, but I think um, they may not like their positioning. Velveteen Dream is a star. I don't think there's any question that Velveteen Dream is a star. But I think that the problem is, is that you can see that there's a clear divide between how Triple H runs things at NXT and how Vince McMahon runs things at Raw and SmackDown. And there's been this thought, and I don't even know if it's true or not, that Vince does not watch NXT wrestling. That doesn't surprise me if he doesn't, but I'm sure that he's very aware of what's going on. And he couldn't care less about the storylines uh, at uh, what's going on with NXT because he's got to run Raw and run SmackDown. Uh, and I 
totally disagree with that. I think that if you are an owner of a company, you want to be able to preside over everything, understand what works and what does not. And remember, the WWE is just tailored to a what 75-year-old man and his sensibilities. It's just the way it is. I don't understand why that's the case, but that is the case. Um, so Velveteen Dream, whether it's on Raw or SmackDown, it'll happen. I don't know when, but who knows what they'll turn him into. Is he a bottom-of-the-card jobber? Is he, some, is he a middle-card guy? To me, he's a star. But I don't know if Vince will see him the same way. Juan Montez says, Your thoughts on the WWE shakeup last week? Well, not much of a shakeup. Because even though they always promise, We're going to change things, pal! Things are going to change, pal! He's talking about change, and it's like, what, what change is there? You know, the roster split between Raw and SmackDown, that's supposed to be a dividing line between Raw-only wrestlers and SmackDown-only wrestlers, and every time they have these roster splits, every time they do these things, there's always crossover. So why have roster splits when you see Raw wrestlers on SmackDown and vice versa? That's not really a divide. I remember the promo that Vince cut with his daughter Stephanie and his son Shane in the ring. And he was talking about how he wanted to for them to fight it out and be able to get better numbers and and really represent your brand. You're a raw person, you're a smackdown person and the best person win. It's all bullshit. All of it. It's all it's just it's just lines that are written uh as a storyline more so than what's reality. And I think that you and I both know that, but I'm just pointing out, like, you asked me about the raw, the, the, the WWE shakeup. What shakeup? It's the same rosters, and it's the same people that um, get over, and the same people are in the middle. There are wrestlers on that particular card, uh, on that roster, in that territory, that will wrestle 360 days a year and never see the main event or even close to it at WrestleMania or Royal Rumble, or Survivor Series, or any other major pay-per-views that they consider. Because it's only predicated on a couple stars. It's predicated on just a few people. And that's not, you know, that's not the traditional wrestling that I'm used to. But again, it's not traditional wrestling. It's the WWE. They do things the way they want to do it. And so it's, you know, I think the funniest part of all of it is they always talk about how they care about the fans and they care about what the fans have to say. Not all the time. 97% of the time they do not. They do what they think is best. And that's really unfortunate. It just really is. Um, Wrestlers that have gotten over at NXT that people will come to see. They come to the WWE and just get killed or have their persona change. What are the Viking Raiders? The Viking Raiders? What are the Viking Raiders anyway? Did they change their name again? Two guys that were they're over in NXT. They were over in Ring of Honor. And they come to the WWE. They have their name changed four times. Silliness. Um, James Creed says this. James Creed says, If you had to pick one guy and girl under WWE contract at the moment, to start another WWE brand with, who's your cornerstone? For me, without hesitation, it's Velveteen Dream and Shayna Baszler. So the question is, if you had to pick one guy 
and one woman under the WWE contract at the moment to start another WWE brand with. Okay. You know, it's, well, for me, you say Shayna Baszler, who is the NXT Women's Champion, and Velveteen Dream, who's uh, the North American NXT Champion. Uh, I would say, for me, uh, it would be uh, Charlotte Flair and Ricochet. Um, and I know that's not the question you asked, but I'm just thinking that if I had to start a new territory and I had my pick of who I'd want to start it with, um, I would say that it, Charlotte Flair is um, terrific. She is the daughter of Ric Flair, and she is a terrific performer. Um, a natural selection, she definitely is. And I just think that and her battles with Becky Lynch... Uh, which and whoever she's wrestling, I just think that she always looks superior, just like her dad did for many, many years. I think that she is a special wrestler, and even though that she's been, um, she's been six or seven time champion, I think already, which is way too many titles. Um, I just think that Charlotte Flair is a special talent. Ricochet, because Ricochet is a type of. Um, is a type of wrestler that Independence-like is the kind of wrestler that I think, I know that Triple H really loves. Ricochet, for the veteran presence that he brings, as a guy that's been around for a long time, I think that Ricochet and Charlotte Flair, if I had my druthers, I would have those two to start off my company. Ricochet is a draw, because he does things that not the normal person does. You see a lot of flip-flop and fly in wrestling. I get it. But I think Ricochet is special. I don't think there's any question about that. So we continue to look at our questions here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Let's see what else we got here. Let's scroll up. NBA question. D-Rose question. Nope, nope, nope. Um, Eric asks this question. Eric Floyhar. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Eric says that, are you a Lacey Evans fan? You think she's going to take the title from Becky at the next pay-per-view, or do you see this as a long, ongoing feud? Um, no, I'm not a Lacey Evans fan, because Lacey Evans hasn't done enough for me to be a fan of hers. As we always talk about, we always want something new with professional wrestling, right, or sports entertainment, WWE. Lacey Evans is new. The Monday after WrestleMania... Here comes Lacey Evans, and you assume, I guess maybe Vince McMahon, I guess he assumes that um, NXT fans are watching every WWE product, every Raw, every SmackDown, every TV show that's available under that brand. I just think just, just like when Ricochet and when Aleister Black came to the WWE on Monday Night Raw, some knew who... They were, but I think the general WWE Raw fan that went to the arena that night, they were like, who are these two? And the same thing with Lacey Evans. She comes in, and I know her background. She has a military background, but here's the thing. I didn't think she was over at NXT. I think she has a look, and that look is fine, but I don't know if Lacey Evans is a person that is box office. And by the way, as, I'm, as, as we talk about box office, just for a second, I understand that today in 2019 in the WWE that whether Kofi Kingston is champion or Daniel Bryan's champion or Seth Rollins is champion, 
you understand that the WWE has become like the Harlem Globetrotters, where you don't say it's going to be this particular basketball player. It's going to be, you know, uh, ball player X for the Globetrotters will be taking on ball player Y from the Washington Generals. Come see this battle. It's not like in the NBA you're going to see Russell Westbrook against James Harden. It, what it is, when the WWE comes to town, it's they're pushing the WWE. They're pushing the company. Come see the WWE. And who all the characters that are under the, under the tent, come see the WWE. And it's a good thing for Becky Lynch that it's like that. Because I don't know if Becky Lynch is over to the point where you'd want to see her in a main event in Poughkeepsie, New York. Or you want to see her in Tempe, Arizona. Or you want to see her in Hammond, Indiana. Or do you want to see... And, and because anytime in wrestling's past that you have someone that is over, that is becomes champion, that champion is supposed to be the draw. And so because Becky Lynch goes through the battle and I thought it was a little sloppy, you know, it's a little sloppy the way they got there, but Becky Lynch becomes the Raw and SmackDown champion. Uh, I don't know if she's over to the point where you see that she's on the card. She's part of the crew that's coming to your town and she's going to main event. Are you going to see her or are you going to see the event? See, that's the thing. After Stone Cold Steve Austin and after The Rock and after Triple H in his prime, when you had to see the main event, you had to see the main attraction. I don't know what the main attraction is in the WWE anymore. I don't know what it, who it is, the main attraction, where you see, because what they do is, it's not like they had it back in the day where they had these little, in the syndicated television time, where they'd say, Hulk Hogan's taking on Sergeant Slaughter. Hulk Hogan is the WWF champion. Come see this. That's the draw. It's not like the NWA, when they'd come to Chicago, and I'd see Ric Flair versus Rick Steamboat, Spring Stampede 1994. Oh, if that's the main event, I'm going to go see it. Right, Ric Flair versus Barry Windham, Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy, back and forth. There was a draw there. the The champion was a draw. Uh, the The wrestlers that were in the upper card, upper part of the card, that was the draw. I don't know what the draw is now in the WWE. That's why I don't know if the champions like you know Seth Seth Rollins or um, Kofi Kingston or um, or even Becky Lynch is over. The company's over, but are those wrestlers individually over to draw a house? I have no idea. Um, so just, just a side note about Lacey Evans. Like, I don't I don't know, and, and I would doubt that they would take the title off of Becky so soon. Lacey Evans, uh, I don't think is special because we haven't seen enough of her to know if she's special or not. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Tommaso says, in your opinion, how much longer... Will wrestling last on network TV with all the streaming devices and networks, etc.? Great question. Reason why it's a great question is because uh, I submitted a question to Eric Bischoff on his podcast. If you are an Eric Bischoff podcast listener, it's called um, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. And 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, is that's the name of the podcast. And it, it, 83 Weeks means 83 Weeks that WCW dominated the WWF. It was for 83 Weeks. And I submitted a question on that podcast. You got to go through the archives and find when they did a mailbag segment like I'm doing right now. And 
I asked a question similar to yours, asking the question, um, you know, if you were starting a wrestling company, would you have it on a traditional network or would you go with a streaming service? And Eric, what if you don't believe in Eric, if you do believe in Eric, his response was, is if he was running a wrestling company, it would never be on traditional television. He said it would be on a streaming device like DAZN. It would be on um, an HBO, CBS, something like that. It, it, would be, it would not be on traditional television, which makes sense in 2019. It is so difficult for a new wrestling brand to be able to get on a network uh, especially with not without a lot of sponsorships. You know, wrestling back in the day was about getting on television, syndicated television, and being able to bicycle, I guess they used to call it bicycling, those tapes to cities around the country, mailing them out, you know, sending them from place to place on syndicated television. And so now in 2019, you want to get on YouTube.com for everyone to see because that's as good as any syndicated television ever. That's as good as any cable traditional channel uh, and network right now. So uh, I think that um, I could see the WWE with their millions and millions of dollars that they were given to be on uh, Fox. That will last for a while. Being on the USA Network, that contract will last for a while. But if I'm AEW, All Elite Wrestling, I'm looking for to to be online. I think that that is the, the smartest way to go right now uh, in 2019. Because think about it. Look how busy we are as people, right? We're so busy. If Unless it's something that is a must-see, very few of us are going to sit down and watch something on traditional cable. Yeah, look, look, I'm a Gen Xer, so I'm used to watching television in a traditional sense and be able to split my time while watching something online. I can do both. But if you're trying to get new eyeballs uh, and if you're trying to get something for yourself as a wrestling company, you know you might want to look at uh, other streaming devices. I mean, here's a question. Do you get more eyeballs if you're all elite wrestling, getting on TNT, getting on TBS, getting on True TV, getting on uh, A&E versus being on a streaming service? And, and I continue to read about how the cost and how expensive it is to try to get original content on some of these uh, cable channels. So I, 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 I don't um, foresee in... Late in twenty the 2020s, I could say, because 2019 now, I don't foresee in the next 10 years how wrestling is going to survive on traditional television. I think a lot of it's going to be on on streaming services. Let's see what else we have here for our Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. A lot of questions. Um, Jay says, do you think that All Elite Wrestling will give WWE a run similar to the Monday Night Wars? Um, the answer is no, they will not. Uh, Jay, and the reason why that they will not is because think about the Monday Night Wars. The Monday Night Wars was uh, Monday Night Raw, and uh, it was SmackDown. So Mondays and Thursdays, Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff came up with the idea to be able to run opposite of the WWF at the time, and that's why Monday Night Raw took on Monday Nitro, and it was interesting. People going back and forth clicking back and forth between the two channels to try to find out, 
you know, who was had the best product. Same thing on Thursdays, back and forth between SmackDown and Thunder, going back and forth. Um, I don't think that AEW will do that because they don't, first of all, they might have money, but they don't have the three generations of promoters behind them. See, the one thing about the WWE is generational. It goes way back to the great grandfathers and the grandfathers and the and the fathers and the sons now. You know, it goes further back than just Hulk Hogan. I know some people think it started with rock and wrestling. It was before that with Vince McMahon Sr. So it lasted for a long, long time. And so that's the only thing when it comes to wrestling is that you're so far behind the WWE. You just have to carve out your own niche. You know, I think the problem with Impact Wrestling slash TNA for a long time was that they want to be WWE light. They saw that it was working for the WWE, and they did what they thought was best by trying to be just like them. And it sucked. Just sucked. Why would you do that? You know, you have to be able to be innovative. I hope that AEW realizes that trying to shoot with the audience like the reboot of WCW under Russo and Bischoff, uh, I hope that they realize that Impact Wrestling... Uh, under Dixie Carter, where you're trying to bring in the old people like Hulk Hogan and bring in Ric Flair. I mean, they had a hell of a roster, but couldn't do anything with it because their finishes sucked, and they tried to do everything similar to the WWE, including shooting on them. AEW has to be concerned about how they can be a unique brand for people to get out of the tent. You know, you don't want to. You want to be more successful than ECW. You want to be more successful than the WCW era of Eric Bischoff. And how you do that is, is that you find yourself a niche. You are able to maintain contracts. Don't let Vince and Triple H and Japan and other places take your talent and just continue to write episodically. Um, Something that's troublesome to me. And I think that in an honest, I think in an honest moment, Jim Ross would probably tell me the same thing. Jim Ross is the voice of AEW. And Jim is in, I would say, the twilight of his career. I think Jim knows that, too. Uh, I remember Gordon Soley uh, toward the end at WCW, just like, I mean, barely getting through some of those matches with Jim Ross. You know, Terry Funk versus Ric Flair, I quit. Uh-uh. You know, just t- difficult for him to get through it because he was so old. I think the the thing I'm thinking about is, Jim is going to be with two other partners. I think he's going to be in a three-man booth. He doesn't like three-man booths. And one of those guys is a masked wrestler named Excalibur. Yeah, I don't think Jim likes gimmicks. I know he doesn't like the three-man booth, but I don't think he likes gimmicks of a of his color man wearing a mask. He wants to have a serious sports presentation, and I don't think that that's all we're going to see from AEW. Um, you know, some dick spots here and there you might see, and... Um, I don't know. I I think that there's there's hope. I just don't know what we're gonna see. Um, Reggie Hammond, a uh, guy I went to college with. Reggie, good to hear from you. Reggie says, "Do what do AEW? What does AEW have to do to compete with the WWE and not get sold?" Um, another good question. Um, it's kind of like I said before, Reggie. You you just have to. Continue to be your own brand and be a unique brand. I think that Eric Bischoff initially had the right idea with WCW. 
Because I think that what you have to do is when you are a promoter, you look at the other brand and say, well, what can I do that's opposite of that brand? So I didn't write down negatives and positives. I'm just going to go off the top of my head. When it comes to the WWE, and it's been like this for years and years and years, they believe that their audience is stupid, that they can take their audience and, and say, here's a storyline here from six weeks ago. Now we're going to change it midstream and not explain it to you. And you, you, know, you take your audience for granted in that regard. So you got to have continuity. Continuity is so important in television, but there's not enough continuity with the WWE. It's whatever Vince wants, and that is, uh, that, that's troublesome. So that's a problem. Um, I, I, you know, again, off the top of my head, you know, if you're AEW, you have a lot of stars. You got to remember you're on television that guys that have been wrestling for 30 minutes and 35 and 40 minute matches and diving over the top row for every other move, you got to be able to tell more stories in the ring, you know, and I know that seems old school, but how do you build a brand? How do you build a character, a wrestler, uh, if you are just flying at 100 miles an hour, can I get a bunch of Russell Westbrooks out there? You can't do that. So there's got to be a change of pace. There's got to be a story told so we can be able to know a lot of these wrestlers and be able to build a brand that way. You know, Cut out a lot of the silliness that you see from the WWE and, and come across with some sort of seriousness. You can do this. You know, I know for the modern wrestling fan, they're like, there's no way that you can present a serious product because it's wrestling and it's because it's scripted and all that. But actually, you can. You can. I've seen it. I've lived it. <laughs> I grew up watching it. So I know you actually can. So the, the idea that you can't, that you can, uh, are you willing to? One other thing, too, Reggie, I'll mention this. He's also, what does AEW have to do to compete? Well, as I mentioned, you can't compete with the WWE. You're not going to compete with them. But what you can do is you can build your own brand and and realize that whatever the WWE, you know, whatever works for the WWE is great. Doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to work for you. So that's just a, my thoughts on that. Um, what else do we have here for wrestling? There's a lot of other things. On here too, they're not wrestling. I gotta get to this. It says, why do you, why don't you like Dan Bernstein? That's an interesting question, but that won't be on this podcast. It'll be on another one uh, momentarily. Uh, Nathan Bush says, "What's a match or a feud in wrestling that hasn't happened that you wish could happen?" Oh my God, that's a good question. What's a match or feud in wrestling that hasn't happened that you wish could happen? You know, you caught me with that one. I don't know, Nathan. Um, seems like I, I can think of dream matches in the past. Like, I would love to see like Raven versus Bray Wyatt, uh, Jake Roberts versus Bray Wyatt, uh, Kevin Sullivan versus um, Jake Roberts, or a three. How about three way dance with Bray Wyatt, Jake Roberts, Kevin Sullivan? <laughs> Because <laughs> you get all the evil all in like one ring. It's craziness. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I got to think about that one. What's a match or feud that in wrestling that hasn't happened? Um, and that's, I, I guess it's under the umbrella of all of wrestling. Maybe you were talking about more modern wrestling. But 
Though that's something I would have loved to see. The dream matches from the past. Um, Steve Arendt. Oh, God. If I wrestled in a match, would you come to see it? <laughs> yes, Steve. If it's within the south side or south suburbs, yes, I would come to see it. I'd also come to tell you not to wrestle. What the hell are you doing? Do not get in the ring. Don't take bumps, pal. Don't take bumps. You only have a few bumps in your bump card. My God, don't do it, Steve. And I think that is it. I see a lot of... Uh... Oh, Blake says, Bray Wyatt's new gimmick. Go. <laughs> um, you know, I'm giving it a chance. I know that Bray Wyatt, the, the personality, the persona that he had was box office. And it goes back to my thoughts about the WWE, how you don't realize what you have. They made him WWE champion. It was so flat. Like, there's a guy there that doesn't need a championship. That's number one. But number two, Bray Wyatt is a very interesting character. And with him t uh, cutting off his uh, the picture of himself as the old look of Bray Wyatt, you can tell that that is the influence of Bruce Pritchard right there. There's no question Bruce Pritchard cut that um, in this whole Firefly Funhouse thing that they're doing. Um, that's so 1989. But I want to see more and see how that develops in the ring. Like, does he come dressed like Mr. Rogers <laughs> when he comes to the ring? Or... How does that help his persona? He's already over. Um, but that whole Wyatt family thing they ruined, WWE ruined. It's a lot of things that, again, you're going through the lens of what Vince wants, and it just, you know. So I, I don't have a problem with it. I want to see the next few vignettes, but you can tell that Bruce Pritchard um, is a, a big part of that. All right, my friends. I think that's it for the wrestling mailbag for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Thanks so much for checking in. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com, tweetjhood. Also on Snapchat, snapjhood. On Instagram, igjhood. And don't forget the Under the Hood radio show that airs weeknights at 7 p.m. on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. And I want you to know that, yes, when it comes to, to wrestling, yes, I will be talking more wrestling, doing more Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday shows um, and podcast. We have a guest coming up. Should I say now? Wait until next. I'll tell. You, wait until next week. I'll tell you who it is. Um, but we have a special guest. that has got a great book out. That, a guest that's been on before, by the way. Uh, so we will. Uh, we will do that for sure. Uh, let me tell you about our sponsor, uh, ID Plus Marketing Solutions. Are you familiar with this, ID Plus Marketing Solutions? IDPlus.biz. That is the website that you go to idplus.biz for marketing solutions. Go make sure you talk to Fred. IDPlus Marketing Solutions. If you need t-shirts, if you need um, embroidery, if you need pens, something for your special event, make sure you reach out to Fred at IDPlus. Uh, he does a great job there with the marketing solutions. Um, I will give you the website here, idplus.biz. All right, my friends, thank you so much for checking out the podcast and don't forget to listen to under the hood with jonathan hood weeknights right here on espn 1000 the espn app i will talk to you soon take care